Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Chillaport Podcast, episode 187. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games in this year of 2021. And man, have I played a video game uh, <laughs> since since 2021, basically. Um, so if you don't know, um, on Thursday we had a stream that was like a, a Super Smash Brothers stream that we just kind of played Smash Brothers together in the chat. And everything had a good time. My my wrist, man, it like I don't know. I think it's something to do with the GameCube triggers these days. They're just too much on these uh these old wrists when you're playing a game like Smash Brothers where you're rapidly tapping it. I really need to like use the L trigger more than anything and see if that helps. Um, but that's like relearning the muscle memory of, you know, <laughs> using your right index finger finger for for shielding and grabbing. So so yeah, that was um that was fun. I, I had a good time. We had some lag issues. I don't really know where they are coming from. It's one of those things that like there's enough people involved and you know, obviously I'm streaming. Like it's like, I don't know if this is a, a me issue or if it's an issue for with other players on the side, but some of those matches got, got real rough at times. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe it's something that we would do off stream in the future. Just, you know, I, I had mentioned in the past, maybe opening up a discord um, that might be a good excuse why is if people want to like, you know, play games together and stuff and we can do something that's more organized that way. I think that would make more sense than probably a stream, to be honest. Um, it, you know, it would, A, get, you know, reduce the bandwidth or the, the strain of my bandwidth from streaming it and also recording it or, or also, uh, you know, playing online, especially since this week, I, uh, we did Smash Brothers for Wii U and Smash Brothers, uh, Ultimate. So I had two, two Smash Brothers games running at the same time. I, I, you know, they weren't like playing games at the same time for the most part. So, so I don't think there was that, you know, that much data going across but it was interesting because like the stream wasn't dropping frames at all so so i would expect if i was if i was having like lag spikes the stream would drop frames but you know i don't know anyways so yeah maybe we'll think about that again in the future but um maybe we'll consider it as something that we do separately from streaming i think that probably makes the most sense um but yeah we'll see anyways though what i literally literally all i've done since um even before that stream on Thursday, but after that stream is play Xenoblade Chronicles X. I put over 30 hours into Xenoblade Chronicles Chronicles X uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, I have not played any today, which is Sunday, which I'm recording this. Um, I will probably put a little bit of time into it today, but uh, yeah, I just went hard on Xenoblade Chronicles X. And the, the reason why is because um, during the last week, I had to record all those videos I put up you know, throughout the week. And, you know, as, as, you know, they were definitely quick and fast content to put up. And, you know, I, 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 a lot of these things, I always worry about the length. I'm like, this is like a 40 minute video. We talk about what I want to do with the website, but you know, eh, yeah, eh, I don't know. Um, it, it's not a big deal. It's not like that's going to be an ongoing thing. It's like at the end of the year, every year, I'll reconsider how I approach it next year, but I just need to get something out. Right. Um, but after, you know, doing that, Japan stream, uh, you know, I streamed the week before that doing the Silvery Peak or the, 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 the Thursday before that doing the Silvery Peak thing. Um, and then I had to record the podcast and the three additional videos. I was just done by the end of that. I was just like, man, whew, I don't want to hear myself speak ever again. And, and I kind of don't want to do this podcast right now, honestly. <laughs> Still a little tired, uh, but you know, uh, weekly podcast, we're, we're doing it. Um, so I was super burned out by that. And basically I didn't get a Christmas break because I spent most of that Christmas break, um, editing that stuff. So, so I really decided this week that I wouldn't really work on anything other than this podcast. 
And uh, so I didn't do any kind of editing work. I didn't do, didn't tr I tried not to play new games or think about games. So I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do uh, during the break. And, and really, I think the answer is either watch a bunch of anime or, or play a video game that I know I don't need to talk about anytime soon. Uh, so I was like, well, I really was disappointed by my progress in Xenoblade Chronicles X this year. So let's focus on that. And was not expecting to put like 35 hours into it. Uh, but sure enough, I did. And we made a lot of progress. And, and it really, I, I'm, I'm at the point where I see the end of the road. Um, like basically, I'm on the final story chapter of the game. Um, I tried to beat it just to see if I could hit the credits, but um, but unfortunately, I wasn't able to at least reasonably. I think I think I could probably brute force my way in through it if I really wanted to. Um, the, but the thing is, is that uh, the major story content in that game are the the main story missions, which are twelve missions, so barely anything. Um, and then the affinity quest. The affinity quests are really where the the majority of the storytelling happens, or, or the majority of the most relevant storytelling um anything else like the side quests and stuff they're definitely stories there and they're entertaining and fun the heart to hearts anything that's not really voice acted they definitely do a lot for world building and kind of fleshing out characters um but but the core like story arc for characters are in, in the affinity quests so i still have affinity quests to do and some of those seem to appear after you finish the the main quest line um so i do need to grind up a bit still um, so I, I, I'm not going to try to brute force it for now. I think I'm just going to kind of grind up. Uh, I think I have 10 more levels till I hit the level cap, which is weirdly 60 in Xenoblade Chronicles X. So, um, I'll probably go to, to 55, uh, try to bring some other party members up to my level. Cause you know, when you're leveling up relationships in that game, it's switched between characters all the time. So I'd see, I'd see the highest level, like party member I have outside of my main character is like 43 and the final boss is like level 50. Um, and then if you fail enough, they'll, they'll knock it down to 45 or the, the final boss that I'm on. I, I looked at a guide and saw that there are additional boss fights afterwards, which is part of the reason why I'm like, eh, I'm not going to brute force this because I'm struggling enough on the first two encounters. And then there's like three more encounters after that. I'm like, let's just do the smart thing. Cause I have to, I have to grind up for these affinity quests later anyways. Um, Will I do all the affinity quests? I, I'm not sure. Some of them look a lot more like extra kind of content, and I'm sure they're they're good and, and worth doing, but um I might just focus on getting the stories for the side characters, the the ones that I think really matter, you know, get, you know, finishing out the story for for characters like Gwyn, Murderous, um I'm trying to think who I've left. Bose is actually a really weird case where his like mission is like level 37, but the boss in his mission is like level 47. And it's like in a really stupid spot um, where it's like a, a, a cave full of lava and you have a tiny platform you can stand on. So all your AI partners just fall off the platform and die. Um, and then you're just kind of stuck there on your own. Um, and then and you can't bring your mechs in because the, the room's too small. And so it's just like a lot of really stupid things that kind of, it's like that game, that, that quest is like enigmatic, is enigmatic a word? It's, it's fully representative of like all my problems I have with Xenoblade Chronicles X of just like incorrect information of being like, well, it's not incorrect. The minimum level to get into that, that quest line is 37, but there's no way to know the recommended level. No way to know what the boss is going to be. You know, they put the boss in like really stupid like scenarios that, you know, 
I can see somebody saying, hey, look, this is like a fun little thing to set up, right? But the AI just doesn't know how to deal with that scenario, so it just kills itself immediately. Um, and then also there's just like scenarios where, in this case is kind of the reverse, where there's a bunch of smaller, lower level enemies around the boss, um, which I think that's a bit more reasonable. Uh, but then there's other quest lines where it's like, hey, here's a level 40 boss you need to fight, but it's surrounded by level 55 monsters. And it's just like, ugh, stuff like that. So anyways, I'll probably do some sort of, some sort of review that I don't think it'll be a featured review, but who can say? We'll we'll find out. I'm a little backed up on featured reviews right now, so I don't really want to focus too much on it. But, you know, I, as much as I complain about Xenoblade Chronicles X, I do love the content of it. I like the story a lot. I enjoy the characters a lot. They're really good. Um, the combat system is deceptively similar to the original Xenoblade Chronicles, but it is not the case. It is very different. It just looks very similar. And kind of the core foundations are, are, are um, you know, the same. I think you could probably, if you've played the Bot and Kaito series, if you played Bot and Kaitos 1 and 2, um, or Origins, um, it's pretty similar in that regard where, where it's like the core foundation of what they're building this game on is the same, but how they implement it is different. And I like that, but I, I always... You know, I always prefer Model Soft working on new IP, so I always prefer them starting from scratch. And Xenoblade Chronicles 2 feels like a game that starts from scratch for the most part, um, or at least transforms the battle system in such a way that it's hardly recognizable um, from the first, you know, first game in and and uh, Chronicles X as well. I was about to say first two games. I don't know if Xenoblade Chronicles X would be considered the same thing per se. I mean, <laughs> it is definitely, definitely, you know, built upon that, but it's it's a, you know very different, unique thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think in the end, I do like the game. I just am not good at open world games. Um, and I think this game, weirdly enough, like after thinking about it, like has a lot of the same problems as Xenoblade Chronicles 2 does, but just kind of in different ways of just like the game feels like it's really pushing back against you from moving forward at times. And it's, it's really hard to, as a player to deal with that at times, or, or rather it kind of forces you to go look elsewhere. It's like, Hey, I know you're in the middle of doing this quest, but now we're going to require you to have this thing or, or we're going to put this boss fight in a really stupid spot that's going to require you to be 12 levels above. Um, and and it's just going to be or 12 levels above what the boss actually is because of environmental factors. And it's just like, man, like... Give me a break, <laughs> like 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 at least give me a, like, at least give me a way to know what I'm getting into when I start a quest, or at least give me a way to quit a quest too. Because um, Xenoblade Chronicles X has a problem where if you start a affinity quest or any kind of quest that's like a um a main storyline quest, um it it locks you in. And it locks you under certain conditions, like you can only have certain party members in your group, or you can only have a certain number of people in your group, depending on where you are in that that storyline. So, so it can put you in some real precarious situations that you can get out of. You know, you can definitely go grind and do other quests and things like that, but it's just not ideal for for you know doing more content if you have to say grind fifteen levels. It's like. Grinding 15 levels in that game is not a, a small task. That means you're going to be dedicating the next, you know, 20, 30 hours. I, I say, yeah, yeah, 20, 30 hours feels feels about right. But, you know, you can probably, if you focused on grinding really hardcore, you know, you probably could go get that somewhere. But, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of not a user-friendly game. But the content there is good. And, you know, we'll talk about that, I think, at some point. I think I'm going to try to really limit that to a casual review. I just really don't want to get caught up in having to do a full review of that thing personally, especially since I've been like lingered on it for so long. I feel like I've got kind of a nasty taste in my mouth from it, even though I do like the game. So 
So yeah, I should bring up my podcast notes here so I know what I'm going to be talking about actually outside of Xenoblade Chronicles X. But I mean, that was literally like my entire last three days. And I'm kind of glad. I'm, I'm exhausted. Um, I'm exhausted. But it's exhausted in I think a good way of just like, it's, it was really satisfying. I It was something that was for myself. Um, and, and it's something that I've been trying to get done all last year. And, you know, we're not quite there yet. Um, but I think we're going to be able to get there. And I think I might for now, really take the time to focus on that um, and try to just get that out of the way. Because I, I think, you know, with with awesome games done quick going, up, going this week, uh, you know, I got some some good background noise for a game like Xenoblade Chronicles X as well. So so that might be my focus this week. I know I said I was going to try to pick up making videos again, but if I can get Xenoblade Chronicles X off my, my plate, I'm going to take that opportunity. So, <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Um, there's not a lot of stuff that I really had to talk about this week, so I kind of pulled together a couple things. Um, one of them was more coincidental. Um, so if you don't know, what we're doing for streaming next week is we're not getting back to, um, uh, Industrial Spy Operation Espionage immediately. Um, I decided to go do some other things, but I, 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 or play something else, uh, before we get back to it. Um, I was having a hard time figuring out exactly what I wanted to play. I just knew I wanted a longer break from, um, Operation Espionage. Um, so I decided that we're going to play some El Shaddai next week. And I, when I say El Shaddai, I don't mean the, the real El Shaddai. I mean this game that you're not going to be able to see, um, you know, audio wise, but it's a game called El Shaddai, like D-I-E. And it's a game I picked up at Comiket, uh, last year. Uh, it's a parody game of El Shaddai. Um, that it's like kind of like a 2D platformer kind of thing. Um, I've been wanting to check it out for a while. I played a little bit of it, uh, I think a year ago or so whenever I got back. I may have streamed it too. I don't remember for sure. Um, but I figured we'd go ahead and play that. Um, and, you know, I got that all set up. And, and I don't know how long El Shaddai is, so it may not com- fill a complete stream or not. I, I don't know. I'm going to guess it won't fill a complete stream just because, you know, it's a Dojin game. Typically they're short. Um, so I was also poking around some other Dojin games, see if there's anything else that we could uh, play. I don't know if I've decided on what we'll play if we run out of time or if we finish it up, you know, before the, the stream is over. But one thing I did do is I, I took out this disc, which is a a uh, a compilation disc from a group called the um, X68000 Club. Although um, it's, it's spelt weird. It's like X680X0. So it's like not... I'm guessing they they did that for for you know trademark reasons or something like they can't co- actually be called the X68000 Club, which if you don't know, that's like a a Japanese PC retro PC that is very um desirable right now within certain groups. I feel like you know I feel like it's 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 a bit niche, but the games that were on it were very technically impressive at the time. Um, so a lot of people have a lot of interest in that right now. Is how I feel as somebody who does not know anything about the X68000. Um, so I went and put that in and they, uh, this is a disc I either got either free or, or fairly cheap. There's a lot of these compilation discs, sometimes from like universities and clubs and things like that. Um, that, that at least at the comic kit I went to where they were giving out, I assume that's standard practice. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, usually pay like a dollar or two for them at most. Um, but it has all their, or I don't know about all their works, but it has a lot of their works back to 1999 on there. It's kind of crazy how much stuff is on that disc. Um, and so I was just kind of poking around with it and I found some interesting games on there. Um, one that stood out to me was, uh, Magico, which I guess is technically, uh, or I guess Magico would be the, yeah, Magico, uh, would be, 
it, it, it stood out to me because it is a kind of like a gag game. It was something they did as for a like day unity project kind of thing. You know how they have, I forget what that thing was called in the, in the U S game jam or something like that. So they basically built a game in like 24 hours or something like that. Um, and it was, it was, it was basically a gag game where you basically go through like this very simple platformer. Um, and it's the same level, like 20 times or something like that. But every time you go into level, there's like some different modifier, or, or most of the time you go into the, some of them look exactly the same as the original level. I don't really know why, or I don't really know if they're different or not. Um, but sometimes you're like ridiculously fast. Sometimes you're ridiculously huge. Other times you're like, have a JPEG of a woman pasted on top of your character's face or whatever. It's, it's really goofy. Um, and there's two endings. I, I read the re- read me file and, and it seems like they, they implied there were two endings and I found both of them. Um, and they're a little, little fun to find, you know, they, they were not particularly, and there wasn't a lot of guidance on finding the endings, but once you found them, it's like, oh, this is like very easy to do. I did a speed run of uh, one of the endings, and it took me four seconds from from the, to the title screen to the uh, the end screen. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's just a cute little thing. It's got a nice aesthetic. Um, and, and it was good fun. The other thing I played was Magic Fantasy, um, and this was a simple like two D action game where you're a little witch and you kind of like shoot little energy balls out. But as you go through the levels, you pick up different elemental spells, and you can kind of uh, cycle between those elemental spells. And each each enemy has different weaknesses, or the spell is like made in a way that kind of combats their particular move set. So one that was probably that stood out to me most was the um, the like rock guys. They would like throw rocks and they would roll down the hill. And when you had like two or three of them at once, it was it was pretty challenging to get past them because they're rolling rocks all the time. And the game's like uh, you know you have to press up to jump, and it's very floaty. You know, like a Dojin game, you don't really expect a lot. It's like a 2D game too. I, I don't remember if I specified that. Um, so, but then you feel like you use the ice spell. It like throws this ice cube out in front of you that like slides on surfaces, and it will destroy the rocks as it goes up, and then uh, and then hit the the enemy. Um, so once you have the elemental spell to kind of you know counteract each enemy, it becomes very easy for the most part. But once before that, it's it's pretty challenging. So it's it's kind of a satisfying loop of you run into this enemy, and it's kind of a challenging uh, you know task to get past them. But then once you get the spell, you can just kind of like blast through them. Um, and and the level design itself is usually just focused on teaching you how to use a spell. Um, and then you get to the final boss. And the final boss basically has different elemental um, states that he can be in. And you have to use particular spells to attack him with that. And you also get like a supercharged spell special so it's like a it's like a like short game it's like 10 10 minutes or something like that long at least that's what i recall it being it's it's very short overall uh but i thought it was really fun and had a good amount of variety and 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 i liked all the like different spells and things like that and how they ask you to use them i thought that was pretty good and that's kind of the um you know, kind of the challenge with these kind of Dojin games is that, like, these are kind of fun things to look at and talk about. But, you know, how how you talk about them, I think, is kind of challenging because, you know, with a stream or a compilation video, if somebody ever tried to look one up, they, it'd probably be difficult for them to find it. But they're not really, like, you know, notable or long enough to really create, like, an individual video about kind of thing, typically. So... I don't know. Covering these kind of Dojin games is, is kind of a, a, a challenge, and I, I don't really know what the right answer is um, for, for you know, talking about them. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe someday we'll do some kind of uh, video on, on one of these discs. There's a lot of stuff on the X68000 Club disc, though. So, if, if we did do something, like, if we were to, like, group stuff together and talk about it, I'd probably do it by year and be like, here's the 97 catalog, uh, or not 97, uh, 2007 catalog of the X68000 
uh, uh, disc or whatever. So, yeah, that was a good time. Dojin games are fun. I wish I, you know, spent more time with the ones I have, but, you know, I, I, try, I tend to keep pretty busy. But I bought a lot while I was in Japan. Probably a lifetime supply of Dojin games. So, but that was the reason I went to Japan. So, I'm glad I, I splurged on it. So, uh, one thing I did look into, and we haven't talked about Foxeye in a long time, uh, but I, I looked into uh, the Blueport developers because they were going to talk about uh, they were talking about doing a, a remake of the original Blueport and Blueport J two or Blueport two, um, which if you don't know, Blueport is like a uh, I guess you could call it like a puzzle exploration game uh, where you go underwater and swim around and solve puzzles underwater and stuff. It's it's a very fun game that has the unfortunate. Um, uh, situation of being made by by someone who is interested in like uh i guess whatever fetish you'd call drowning um so so it's kind of this weird fascinating thing where it's like they 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 make all their games about drowning um i assume because that's just what they're into uh but it also means they're all their games have this consistent theme and and this particular challenge that of when it comes to like error management and things like that and they make a bunch of games of different genres so it's it's really neat really and and i think only one of the games are 18 plus i think the rest are all considered considered all ages but you know i, I do think the the sexualization of of the characters and stuff like that do shine through um so i think it's easy, it would be hard to look at it and, and completely ignore that kind of stuff um so i know that's some challenging for some people to to get over um but anyways uh blueport j2 is a great game or Blueport J is a great game either way, and I kind of hope someday I can do something more more valuable with that in terms of content, but we'll see. Um, anyways, but yeah, the, the Blueport J is actually a prequel to a game called Blueport uh, that was a uh, also a Dojin game, and I and I haven't gotten around to trying the original Blueport yet, uh, but they talked about doing a, a remake um, and then also potentially releasing an English translation with that remake. And then their their blog also talked about a game called Blueport 2, which I, I don't think they've talked about in a long time. So I don't know what the status of the Blueport series is. If there's going to be anything in the near future. I think it's been two, three years since we talked about it last. I think that's the last time uh, they really provided an update. You know, being a Dojin game developer, I don't expect... Um, yeah, I'm sure this is like a hobby of theirs, not their full-time job. Right. Um, so, so I don't really expect a ton. Um, but they, they have released a couple things since then, but it's, it's really stuff that I'm not really interested in, like illustration collections and things like that. Um, it, you know, I'm, I'm there for the games and stuff. I'm not really there for the, the art and things like that. So I don't know. Anyways, uh, be curious to see if Fox Eye ends up doing anything else, um, in, in, in the future. Speaking of future games released, I figure one thing we could do this week is, uh, and I'm sure every other podcast is doing this, <laughs> is is kind of talk about the games that I'm looking forward to in 2021, uh, the games that are coming out in 2021. I could be like, hey, this is what I plan to play in 2021, but uh, both you and me know that's a fool's errand. I will, I will, I will always be like, oh, I plan to play this this year. And then three years later, I still have not played it. So, so we'll just talk about the games that are coming out, and uh, and I'll, I'll give them three tags. One is getting that, you know, that means I'm gonna buy it, no matter what. Um, two is is maybe that means you know I probably will potentially buy it depending on when it comes out, um, and and what my my schedule and finances look like at that time. The last one is uh, the eventually maybe list, which is basically every video game. If you don't know, I love video games and I will pretty much play any video game you give me given, you know, an unlimited time. I will I would play video every video game released. 
Um, but you know, my life is 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 not is not infinite. So so you got to make decisions. Uh, but but the eventually maybe list is just a. a Games that I'm like, hey, I would, I would, you know, potentially I'm interested in this, but, but, you know, there's, there's probably not a lot of chance that I will actually get around to playing it. But yeah, so, so to go through this list, just some of the things that I picked up specifically. So, you know, I left off anything that, you know, again, would probably be on the eventually maybe list. So maybe we got, maybe this is the eventually maybe plus list, like, like slightly better chances, but not that much better. <laughs> so so yeah so the first one is the medium which i've talked about before this is coming out on the xbox series x and i'm gonna guess also on pc i haven't really looked at the um it's, it's really hard to tell what's exclusive these days um and and yeah it's, it's just kind of a, a nightmare um but the the medium it just looks really cool i like the whole like split world concept it's something that i've seen a few games uh kind of play with on dsiware i've seen a dojin game do it before as well um and then metroid prime kind of does it in metroid prime 2 but it's more of like one character be going going between two worlds where i like it when both characters exist in the same worlds at the same or the two worlds at the same time that's what i personally prefer um it just looks like a neat puzzle game and i like the aesthetic of it it looks really really nice um and and i don't know it's just it's just i like that kind of horror game but i don't i don't like horror games that try too hard and i feel like the medium does not look like a game that's trying too hard it just wants to build out a really nice atmosphere for that kind of environment and and it has like a really neat gimmick that i think plays well into the type of game they're doing but it doesn't feel like they're trying to scare you or anything like that i think that's my biggest problem with most horror games is that if they're going to do a jump scare it is just the most, hey, we're trying to spook you right now moment in games, and I just don't really like that. Um, I like I like more natural uh, scariness, whether it be from atmosphere and environment. I'll always stand by that. Um, I don't, I don't want to say I'll always stand by, but one of the things that always stood out to me was Yumi Niki for PC and just like how I did not want to play that game in the dark. And nothing nothing really that scary happens in Yumi Niki. There's like one particular scare I can think of that is somewhat considered a jump scare maybe um but like it's just the atmosphere and everything is like i do not want to turn the lights off while i play this game <laughs> just really unsettling at times um so so i like i like my horror games to be more like that i think and and i'm not really a big fan of the dead space we're gonna drop down mangled looking you know alien monsters in your face and and do it very suddenly it's part of the reason why i don't like dead space very much i had a lot of challenge with resident evil 7 and it doing that I feel, I feel like most of my entertainment out of those things is coming out of understanding how they put it in the environment. And especially if I die, going back and seeing how I can manipulate it um, to to kind of break it. Like in Resident Evil 7 where that lady like comes out from behind the, uh, the bookcase that you're standing by um, and she grabs your arm. But they like she's not there initially. So you can like walk up to the, the place where she grabs your arm and see her fly out of the wall and just grab your arm like in a, a very like video game you kind of way not in like a we intended it to look this way kind of way so i that's what i get most of my entertaining out of jump scares that and i pre-identifying just jump scares like being like this is where a jump scare is gonna be and then sure enough you know that's that's where it is oh so uh the medium that is on the eventually maybe list it's a good launch window title kind of game that if i had an xbox series x i would definitely pick up um because it's the launch window there's not much else i would want uh but given that i have no idea when or if i'll get an xbox series x uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, so we'll put it on the eventually maybe list for now. 
Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. I'm going to put this on the maybe list, um, particularly because Super Mario 3D World is a game. Those 3D games in general, 3D Land and 3D World, are two games that I've always wanted to get around to trying. Um, 3D World uh, plus Bowser's Fury has online multiplayer. Um, so that's, that's kind of a big thing for me. So if I find, you know, some people that, that want to play online, uh, then, then I might, I might give that a, a go. But I think if, if I, if I'm just going to pick up a game by myself, I think at this point I just pick up 3d land just because that's the game I know the least about. Um, but if I can get somebody to, to jump on board with me with 3d world, I, I think I'd probably pick that up there. I don't know. There's just something kind of unique about those Mario games that I think was a little harder to appreciate when it came out when, you know, on the Wii U, when you're looking for that next big Mario title. But now that it's all kind of in hindsight and we have Mario Odyssey and things like that, it's kind of like, these are kind of weird Mario games and that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool that they're weird. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Someday I'll play either 3d land or 3d world plus Bowser's fury. Um, it takes two. That's on my getting that list. Uh, I just really like a way out a lot. Um, you know, obviously I have to harass somebody into playing it with me, but I, I really like how, how a way out's mechanics developed, how they kind of, you know, turn the mechanics on its head at the end of the game, even though story-wise you could probably see what, why it turned that way a mile ahead. But, um, but yeah, I like it. I like the dialogue in that, in a way out a lot too. And it takes two seems to be really, really following that, that, that same template in terms of just making these very likable characters if you don't know a way outside game where you have the, the the two characters on the same screen at once no matter what so it's like split screen even if you're playing online so you can always see each other's uh you know what they're doing and things like that and it plays with the how that split screen work to to help tell the story or or you know focus the action while another character can still like walk around and things like that a way out's a really neat game is it perfect no far from but it's uh it's got an, a good good amount of variety um, and, and it feels like a game that really is trying for something, um, and, and doesn't feel like just like a, I don't want to say like an EA cash grab because I, I think people are maybe a little too hard on EA, but I, I will say that EA's output in recent years has been very underwhelming for me. Just nothing that they put out is really jumping out. It's something I want to, I want to check out to be honest. So, uh, it takes two. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Near Replicant, I'm not going to do the full name, version 1.22, we're going to leave off those number, the other numbers, 1.22x, we'll call it. Um, I think that is a getting that. I don't want it to be a getting that, but, <laughs> but um, you know, after Near Automata, I think I think at this point, it's, it's kind of the same position as Breath of the Wild was for me, where I'm just at the point where I'm like, I need to know if you know what made the original Near good. Like, I need to know if Yoko Taro made Near good because he meant to make near good um because you know i know it's an unpopular opinion but near automata in my opinion is not very good um or or maybe it's a good game but it's not interesting um it it just does a lot of it recycles a lot of ideas from the original near and it relies really really heavily on the player filling in the holes um for its storytelling and that's if you know me that's something i hate in games like i just I don't mind having that stuff in games. Like the original Nier for sure has that stuff. Um, but I need I need there to be a satisfying story on top of that. And Nier Automata does not really try to do that. Like you get, you know, the the first two endings are really unsatisfying. Um, I know that people be like, well, you're supposed to get to the later endings. I know, um, you know, I'm, I'm you know, but I, I will always say that the original Nier, if you only get ending A in the original Nier, yes, you're not going to get the full story. But I feel like you got what makes that game special. By the end of that, you don't 
you don't have to have somebody play ending B, ending C, ending D. If they do, they get a lot out of the game and they learn a lot more about that world. And I would definitely recommend people do that. But if somebody said, I just want to get ending A, I wouldn't say, well, that's a waste of time. Where near Automata, I would say ending A, waste of time. Ending B, waste of time. Ending C, I don't even remember what ending C was. Maybe it's a waste of time. <laughs> the last endings, the last two endings or whatever, I think it was D and E, um, if I remember correctly. Um, but the last two endings in near Automata are good. But but everything else before that's just kind of whatever. Anyways, you know how I am when I get on this near track. Um, anyways, <laughs> so I want to see what they changed to near, um, and I I want to see if they if they kind of keep the stuff that makes that game special intact, or if they view that stuff as a burden and remove it um, because they they think it's not well implemented. And if and if a lot of that stuff is removed, I think at that point I could probably reasonably say. Okay, they don't understand what I like about the original Nier. You know, I'm going to guess people are going to eat that game up either way, but we'll see. You know, they're doing Platinum Games again, or Platinum Games style combat system. I don't remember for sure if they are the lead developer on that project, but but I think they are involved in it and driving the direction of how they're doing the combat in that game. So, so yeah, but unfortunately, that's only getting that out of my own personal need to understand what's going through Yoko Taro's mind at the moment. <laughs> No More Heroes 3, that's on the getting that list. Um, no More Heroes is a series I really like. As, as much as I complain about Travis um, and kind of where he is as a character, um, as, also how they handle dialogue, I kind of wish um, Grasshopper Manufacturer moved on from how they currently do dialogue in their games. I feel like it's kind of outdated, and, and I think they need to find some new twist to how they handle storytelling. Um, I think the core ideas of No More Heroes are still very good. And I, and I do really like the the core gameplay of those games. And and I think I like a lot of the characters too. Like even even the characters that are not as good as the original No More Heroes characters. I think there's still a lot of charm in them. Um, and, and, I, and I like, you know, they're, they're pretty good at, at, at surprising you as a player. You know, Travis Strikes Again, I know is not a game particularly people liked. But uh, that game is one that I always valued the variety and and kind of their their willingness to present you with something completely different um whether that be like the the, the lights you know cycle things or the uh you know the kind of weird uh platforming segments in that one jungle area there's like a very 2d focused area when that game is typically an overhead game um there's also the like the the mansion that you got to explore and find clues in i think it's called like coffee and donuts level or something like that there's a lot of really interesting ideas in that game and i and i and i expect them to continue to move forward with those ideas hopefully in the, in the next game um but yeah i i still just need travis to be a better character i feel like like i just think he's too much and I, unfortunately i don't think this is going to be resolved i think this is just the direction they've put travis but i want travis to be partially a dumbass i always want him to be kind of a dumbass um but they've kind of made it to the point where he's just too too he's too edgy i guess is my opinion like i don't know there I've, I've talked about it at length before i won't go into it again but but anyways i'm, I'm interested in that definitely working look forward to checking that out monster hunter stories 2 i've not played monster hunter stories 1 beyond the first five hours i'm getting monster hunter stories 2 i freaking love monster hunter stories the only reason i haven't played through it is because it's on 3ds and uh and you know i've been in this jrpg hell with xenoblade chronicles x <laughs> so it's been been pushed off in final Fantasy 15 which thankfully i've mostly wrapped that up um but yeah uh monster hunter stories 
is a game I love aesthetically. Gameplay-wise, it's really neat. Um, um, it's also just like a, a really charming game overall in terms of its dialogue and characters. Very expressive. Um, and the, the combat system feels really good, even though it's pre- pretty simple. As somebody who's not a fan of Pokemon and things like that, um, I or at least not anymore, um, I, 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 I'm not a huge, huge fan of the monster system in that game, but it's, it's, it's reasonable enough that I've, that I've, I've been able to enjoy at least like, you know, putting new monsters in my party, learning kind of the neat thing is that you kind of have to learn the behavior of those monsters in some ways and see kind of how they're going to handle different encounters, because that will depend on what type of attacks you as the player should do. So it adds this really interesting mechanic to the game. Um, I really hope that they do a Switch port of the original game. Um, they they re-released the game on iOS and Android, uh, but it does not have gamepad support, and I'm not really much of a mobile phone uh, player um gamer <laughs> i don't know um so so i'm gonna kind of maybe wait and see if they they do do a release of that um otherwise it might not be a terrible goal this year to maybe you know look into starting and and beating monster Hunter stories but you know i'm gonna finish up xenoblade chronicles x before i make any real decisions on my jrpg future <laughs> so so yeah but definitely getting that no matter what even if i haven't touched monster Hunter stories one since since i originally played it i just love that game so much um and i love the aesthetic of that mobile game they put out too and 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 you know seeing them kind of develop the style um a bit more is is, is really good Scarlet Nexus, that's on the um the maybe list. I'd say getting close to the eventually maybe list. But the the middle maybe list like um maybe I shouldn't have called the the middle list maybe. Let's just let's just say the eventually list is the third list even though we're already almost all the way through this list. But yeah, I'd say maybe for Scarlet Nexus, you know, I I like how the game looks and and you know, as somebody who is a fan of God Eater even though weirdly enough shift is not working on that game it reminds me a lot of god eater in a lot of ways and i kind of would be interested in having a single player style experience kind of similar to that game um i do think there is multiplayer in the game but i think it's it's like something on stacked on top of that game it's not like god eater where you can just like you know essentially play through the entire game multiplayer um so so that's a game i might be able to take out take time out on my own to just like push through at some point so yeah i'm definitely interested in checking that out it just it has a nice look you know maybe a little a little generic but you know i i do like the the aesthetics of god eater in general and because it reminds me of that i, I it's it's kind of caught my eye and i think it's a tale studio game or at least some people who used to work on the tale series and you know being a new ip i'm always i'm always more interested in that versus like a, if they made it another tales game or something like that as well so yeah PSO2, the new Genesis, eventually list. This is going on the eventually list. Um, you know, I would love to put this on my maybe list. You know, it's free to play, so it doesn't matter if I get it or not. Um, but live games, man, they just, it's just not something that fits into my life at this point. And I really, I really wish I could play PSO2 and commit to it. Um, you know, I had hard enough time getting through Xenoblade Chronicles X, right? And that's like, you know, only a hundred hours, something like that. Um, admittedly, I am basically replaying the entire game, um, because I got through the majority of it in the past before losing my save file. But, you know, I just, I just can't see myself, I just can't see myself dedicating the time to Fantasy Star Online 2. Uh, but New Genesis, I'm glad they're kind of rebooting the game and just kind of giving it a fresh start. Um, that is the kind of thing I want to see out of PSO2 at this point, that's going to get my interest up more. But just like thinking about it realistically, where I'm at with Final Fantasy 14, Final Fantasy 11, PSO2, 
Um, you know, I have Fantasy Star Portable 2 Infinite and Fantasy Star Nova that I haven't played through yet, even though they're Japanese. So, you know, although I think I think Fantasy Star Nova might have like a patch. I don't know if it's a full patch, though, or just like a menu translation patch. So th- there are options for me to go for other games like that that have a defined ending where if it's a live game, I just know if I start playing it, I'm not going to finish it because who knows what it's going to end, right? Um, I guess you could say base PSO2 is ending. So maybe I could say, well, that's now my goal from start to finish episode one, episode six. That seems like a lot of content to push through though, you know? Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Maybe once I, once I've been relieved of Xenoblade Chronicles X after these last five years, I'll feel a lot more willing to jump into a game like that, but I have my doubts. So the eventually list, I would like to play it before I die. This last one's kind of weird for me, but you know, I grew up playing Tony Hawk games, uh, Skatebird. Skatebird looks all right. They've showed it in one of the Nintendo Indie Directs, and and it was something that just looked really cute. I like the aesthetics of it. And it's just like a skateboarding game where you're a bird. You're a bird on a skateboard. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, you know, it is kind of just like an indie game, but it just like had a nice look to it. I liked how, how it played, and, and I don't know. I liked how it played. I've never touched the game. I liked how it looked how it played. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. Um, Skatebird's on the maybe list. It depends on where I'm at at the time. I think it also depends on how long the game is. If it's something I can knock out in an afternoon, maybe I'll give it a go. Give 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 some indie game developers some money. I haven't done that in a while. What's the last indie game I played that isn't a Dojin game? I don't know. That's the end of this, this podcast this week. I was hoping this would be a shorter podcast, but... Here I am at the at the end of this world, another 40-minute podcast. Um, OneControlPort.com is the website. Um, in terms of what's going up this week, there is no content going up this week. <laughs> I don't have anything scheduled to be post, so this is going to be probably a dry spell for the next couple weeks, especially as I sit here and focus focus my time on Little Boy Chronicles X. You know, I'll do the typical podcast. I'll also do the stream. We're going to be streaming El Shaddai this week. El Shaddai, not El Shaddai. So, you know, if you want to come see some Dojin parody game, um, I'll be playing a little bit of that. Don't know how long I'll be playing it, but we'll find out. And I'll have something else set up to, to put some time into as well. Uh, after that, I don't know if I'll be a Dojin game. The problem with the Dojin game is that, uh, PC capture is kind of a pain to switch between on the fly. So, so I don't know if I'll be able to set something up in a reasonable, you know, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I, I'd be able to set it up, but like, do I want to go through the headache of doing that midstream? That's a whole other thing. Um, anyways, and then, uh, last week we had all the 2020 stuff that came out. If you're not interested in like my thoughts for 2020 or, um, or like where the website's going, the one I can recommend to you is three games that surprised me in 2020. Uh, I basically talk about, uh, Gunvolt, uh, Luminous Avengers, Yi, um, uh, uh, Surprise Magic Pen, and what was the last one that surprised me? <laughs> Can't remember my own list. Bionic Commando Elite Forces. Um, those three games really stood out to me this year. So I did a little video, just kind of some of those three games up. Seemed like it got, you know, a decent amount of traffic. You know, for 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 the, for the type of video it was, it got a decent amount of traffic. It's, it's not anything crazy. Uh, I got a decent number of likes. So I think I'll probably push people towards that video for a while. Um, if you want to know what I'm planning to do in 2021, though, there's a whole video on that where I talk about, you know, what we failed to do this year or last year and what I plan to do this year. You know, the big thing is focusing on featured reviews, I think, in the early part of the year because I've got a backlog of those and, and I would like to get those done and pushed out. And we didn't really have that many featured reviews last year. So once Xenoblade Chronicles X is done, I think that's going to really be the focus. I hope. That is my hope, at least. Um, and then, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, if you want to go see us play Super Smash Brothers on stream, that happened. 
last week, so stream's up for that. Um, otherwise, thanks for coming, and I, I, I will see you next week. Bye!